Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Love and ambition can be a fatal mix. This is the true story of a happy marriage between an upwardly mobile husband and his devoted wife. Until the lust for something better leads to a deadly affair. The impression she gave us is that she was strictly using him for sex. It's this strong, passionate affair, and there was almost no going back after that. And it results in cold-blooded murder. He hears a gunshot from in the bedroom. <laughs> oh my God! Beware. Extreme passion can lead to shocking consequences. In the spring of 1997, Michael and Leanne Fletcher are living in a brick bungalow in the Hazel Park area of Detroit, Michigan. Michael is in his final year of law school, and he's busy studying for his final exams. He was described as reserved, ambitious, um, smart. Um, some people said that he could be very personable, but his friends and colleagues knew him as a driven guy. Michael's wife, Leanne, works part-time at a local nail salon. She was very bubbly. She had a wonderful personality. She loved to talk to people. And she was funny. She always made you feel like you were important, no matter what your age was or what you did. The attractive young beautician is working long, hard hours to support her ambitious husband through school. When Michael started law school, it was Leanne who really supported him. She was the one who was bringing home money. She was the one who paid for their house. The couple has a young child, and Leanne makes it her priority to support her family. Michael was the one with the ambition, but Leanne had the cash. To an outsider, the Fletchers seem to have the perfect marriage. 
When you hear about the early stages of Leanne and Michael, it sounds like a romantic fairy tale. You know, a girl finding her prince feeling attracted right away. He certainly seemed to have all of the characteristics one would want in a husband. But Michael Fletcher is keeping a very dirty secret. Every law student in their final year works with a mentor. Michaels is a powerful district court judge named Sharon. Michaels Law School sponsor was a judge, a woman who was very well known in the judicial world in Michigan. She was a powerful, a little bit older, attractive woman who really held an important position, especially in his world. The pair often work late into the night in Sharon's chambers and she provides Michael with valuable professional guidance. Michael enjoys the attention from the attractive older judge and believes it will be good for his career. She was the judge and he was the new lawyer trying to climb the ladder, trying to get more important cases. But Michael's career isn't the only thing that stands to benefit from the judge's counsel. The older woman finds herself attracted to the young law student and finally, one evening in September 1997, they break through all the boundaries and become lovers. They started as friends, uh, became sexual. I don't think she ever planned anything serious with him. It was just strictly a casual relationship. They both relished the danger from the secret sexual liaison. He saw himself as a, a stud, a Don Juan. Clearly, he was confident in his appeal to the opposite sex. By the end of September, Michael is getting more and more involved with the attractive older judge, professionally and sexually. It was not only flattering to have someone in a position of power show you affection and find you appealing, but it was also somebody who was able to help him and mentor him. Michael and Sharon are both getting something out of the relationship. For Sharon, it's sexual gratification. The impression she gave us is that she was strictly using him for sex and a companion if she needed one, that was it. Michael enjoys the erotic affair but is looking for something even more exciting to him. Power. I got the impression that he wanted something almost like bling around his arm. Michael is a social climber, and Michael has an agenda. He wants power, and he uses his sexuality and his charm to get there. So he's flattered that he's with a woman who is in his realm. Michael believes his life is about to take off. When Michael becomes an attorney, Leanne's friends and family say that he starts to change. He starts to become more aloof and a little bit arrogant about, you know, what he does, and he becomes kind of full of himself. Everything in Michael Fletcher's life is falling into place. His career, dreams of power, and an exciting sex life. There's just one problem. His wife, Leanne. Mick had said to her uh, during the course of the relationship that he wanted her to aspire to something more than a nail tech. That troubled her. She was very happy being a nail tech. She enjoyed her job. 
uh, she enjoyed what she did and she felt it gave her some freedoms to then be with the child. She was proud that he was a lawyer and she just wanted him to be proud that she was a good nail tech and a good mother. In October 1997, Michael's attention is focused firmly on his blossoming legal career. And increasingly, Leanne is left at home with their young child. She begins to wonder what is so important that her husband has to work late every night. Leanne and Michael begin to have problems because Leanne suspects that Michael is cheating on her with this other judge, with the woman who is, in fact, his sponsor. And so for the first time, we really see a strain begin to develop in their marriage where Leanne is now suspicious of her husband. I think she suspected something of Sharon but couldn't prove it. I don't think she wanted to bring that into a conversation until she had some type of proof that he was involved with Sharon. And Leanne is afraid the truth might tear her world apart. She was not ready to hear who her husband really was or what he was really doing because she was so invested in her romantic dream becoming a reality. The mounting pressure on Michael and Leanne's marriage eventually comes to a head. Their long-building tensions burst into an argument, and Leanne finally expresses her intense dislike for Sharon. She did have a, a real intuition that something really was going on. It sounds like Leanne knew on a gut level her husband's attention was going elsewhere. Leanne has no way of confirming Michael's cheating ways, but she's about to meet someone who will help change that. By Christmas 1997, Michael Fletcher is working as a legal clerk in Warren, an affluent suburb of Detroit. At a work dinner, he introduces his wife to a new colleague, a recently elected district court judge named Margaret, whose friendship he wants to cultivate. I have historically referred to uh, Margaret's family as our version of the Kennedys, uh, in the sense that uh, the name has been known uh, seemingly for generations and generations within the legal field. Margaret is a rising star in the legal profession. She's a judge, she's very attractive, she comes from a prominent family. Leanne and Margaret have just met, but over dinner, they quickly find common ground. They both start talking about the first judge who Michael worked for, the woman who was his sponsor, and they both agree that they really just didn't like this woman. They both have the same same kind of uh, bad feeling toward her. It sounds like initially Leanne was happy that Michael would have a relationship with anyone other than Sharon and was not really immediately threatened by Margaret. But Leanne will come to learn a bitter lesson about first impressions. Through the close-knit Detroit legal circles, Michael's sponsor, Sharon, hears about his growing friendship with Margaret and becomes suspicious. His sponsor finds out that Michael is spending a lot of time with this younger judge, and she becomes very upset and basically gives him an ultimatum and says, I want you to stop spending time with this woman, stop seeing this woman. Juggling two women doesn't intimidate Michael and he refuses to end his friendship with Margaret, despite the threat laid down by Sharon. 
Michael liked the idea of two women fighting over him. It fed his ego. But I think more importantly, it just substantiated what he already thought about himself, that he was this chick magnet who had a way with women and, you know, he could do whatever he wanted. Michael decides he'd rather continue his friendship with Margaret than the affair with Sharon. From Michael's perspective, it's a no-brainer. He's gonna go with the younger, more attractive judge who has a prominent family. Sharon is furious and intensely jealous. She threatens to expose their affair to Michael's wife. She tries to contact Leanne through her workplace and set up a meeting with her to expose her husband. She feels like Leanne should know that her husband is not a good guy. Michael Fletcher's forbidden erotic affair with a powerful judge is about to be exposed. And hell hath no fury like a judge scorned. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. 
Michael Fletcher has three women in his life. He's been having an affair with a prominent judge behind his wife Leanne's back. But now a younger, sexier, more influential judge has become Michael's new pursuit. The first judge, Sharon, is furious about being pushed to the side, and she threatens to expose their secret to Michael's wife, Leanne. I guess at that point, she thought Michael would somehow buckle and perhaps be her boy toy or whatever she thought, and she could reconnect with Michael in the way that they had initially bonded. But Michael isn't going to be controlled by any woman. Michael, when he is given this, this ultimatum by his sponsor, he just ignores that. He's not having an affair with this younger judge. They're friends and they have a lot in common and he wants to keep seeing her. He's going to spend time with her. Sharon's threat to speak to Michael's wife never comes true. As Leanne's hatred of the judge runs so deep, she refuses to speak with her. With that, the affair is over and Sharon leaves Michael's life for good. By January 1998, Michael and Margaret are spending more time with one another. Michael has become a regular over at Margaret's house, helping out whenever he's asked. Michael is actually pretty handy with tech stuff, and she and her husband have just bought a new house, and they need the house wired for their computer, and so she asks him to do that, and, and he agrees. Margaret always makes sure she's around when Michael is working. She comes by and she'll bring snacks or coffee and the two of them get to talking during these visits. And, you know, the, the talking starts out as chit chat, but then quickly turns into more meaningful conversations. The pair's friendship leads to more personal sharing. And at some point, she confides in him that her marriage isn't really doing very well. And he confides in her that his marriage isn't doing very well either. Michael uses this new closeness for his own purposes. Michael is planting the seed with Margaret that he's so unhappy with Leanne that at one point he'd really like to leave her. Michael Fletcher has always been ambitious, and after passing the bar, he decides to start up his own law practice. He thinks his new friendship with a judge might put him at an advantage, but he's disappointed. As far as my investigation, Margaret didn't give him any cases out of line, any cases above him or his qualifications, or give him any more cases than some other attorney would have got. However, their new business relationship does bring Michael and Margaret closer together. For a while, Margaret and Michael's relationship was a strong friendship that was moving in the direction of, of an affair, but never really crossed over that line. But there is obviously chemistry between them, and soon it becomes hard to resist. Later that summer, they give in to their long-simmering desires and have sex for the first time. By the time Michael and Margaret actually do have sex, it's this strong, passionate affair, and there was almost no going back after that. My reaction to the, the news coming out about Michael having the affair with the judge was all the pieces in the puzzle fit now. He wanted to move up the ladder in society quickly. And I think, you know, that was the way he thought he was going to do it. Michael is completely taken by the beautiful young judge. 
Michael and this younger judge begin to have a very intense relationship. This is not just a fling. He writes her beautiful poetry cards and letters are exchanged and love letters and poems. And he tells her in one of his letters that just a glance from her can move his soul. Michael and Margaret's relationship really seems to be progressing. And the judge takes the leap from what had truly been holding her back from being with Michael. She begins divorce proceedings against her husband. She thinks that now she's free to be with Michael, who's been talking about leaving Leanne. And whatever Michael feels towards the judge, he's still bound to his wife. Michael is really torn between these two women, and he is telling the judge on the one hand that he loves her, but then repeatedly going back to the end. He can't really seem to make a decision and um, just bouncing back and forth from woman to woman. Leanne can sense that her husband's attention is elsewhere. In my opinion, um, he just never made her feel like she was special, you know, and that he cared and wanted to spend time with her. What was most important is that he hang around with all his colleagues in the office. It upset her because he never really wanted to involve her with that. I think she felt she wasn't good enough, and I feel that he made her feel that way. Still, Michael doesn't make a move to divorce Leanne. Meanwhile, in August of 1998, Margaret's divorce from her husband becomes final. She's now free to begin a new life with Michael, or so she thinks. But on the very day that her divorce is finalized, Michael says he's going back to Leanne. He told Margaret he had to give it one more chance. When Michael tells her that he's going back to his wife, she is understandably shocked and pretty devastated by this news. Here she is all along being told that he loves her and getting this poetry and these, these letters. And so it's a shock for her that he decides to go back to his wife. Michael is more conflicted about leaving Leanne than one would think. Perhaps it's the fact that he has a daughter at home. Because of his family, Michael's indecision runs surprisingly deep, given his ambitions and desires. But Margaret is a high-powered judge who risked it all to start an affair with an up-and-coming attorney. She's just taken a huge gamble for love. And if it fails, who will pay? Up-and-coming attorney Michael Fletcher has been having an affair with a beautiful judge named Margaret. She divorced her husband to be with Michael, only to be told he's going back to his wife Leanne and their daughter. Margaret is hurt, but understands that Michael's family life makes things complicated. She eventually backs down. I think Margaret believed that he was going to make an honest effort. And if that's, so be it, if that's the way it worked out. She 
tells herself, Michael is not leaving Leanne because they have a child together. And Michael is a very good father and wants to stay connected and be a father to his daughter. So she tries to find a way to make this situation okay. At the end of the summer of 1998, Michael and Margaret stop seeing one another, and he reconciles with his wife. But will the second time around be different from the first? By the end of the year, Leanne and Michael are back together, but things are at an all-time low. Leanne believes her husband is still keeping secrets from her. I think things were going wrong in the home, and she may have known. You know, I mean... I believe a wife kind of knows there's something really wrong just by the way you're being treated. And things are about to get even uglier. He gets a page pretty, pretty late at night at this party and tries to make a phone call to answer the page. Michael attempts to leave the party, but without his wife. His next words simply compound Leanne's worst fears. He tells her, you can stay at the party. Well, you know, that's going to raise suspicions, I think, from, from any wife who is worried about her husband being faithful. The suspicious phone call only makes things worse. The couple returns home together and continues arguing, and all their resentments come out. He basically blurted out that the only reason he was married was because of his daughter. Leanne has never fully let go of her suspicions that her husband is unfaithful to her. But she is still committed to the marriage. She was hoping that they could work through this. She was prepared to go to counseling. She was prepared to do whatever was necessary to save the marriage, not only for the marriage's sake, but also for their daughter's sake. In the end, her faith is not enough. In January 1999, Michael moves out of the house and files for divorce. Leanne is crushed. She was extremely upset when he moved out and filed for divorce. She was beside herself because, you know, she'd given her all. And she thought that her marriage was going to work out. And when he did that, I think he just devastated her. Leanne goes against her heart and says goodbye to her husband. I think that she just got tired of it. And I think that she kind of made up her mind she was going to move on. Whatever she had to do to raise her daughter, she was gonna do. But if Leanne thinks this is the end of things, she's wrong. In March 1999, Michael starts begging Leanne to take him back. Michael, at some point, in yet another turnabout, decides he wants to get back together with Leanne, wants the family to be together, and starts begging her to take him back. Leanne told us that, you know, he came in and he wanted her back, and we're all looking at her like, what are you doing? Like, our mouths just dropped. Like, after all, he's been back and forth, and why would he want you back? What's going on? To those outside the marriage, the warning signs are clear. Michael filed divorce proceedings back in January, and despite being back with his wife, he still hasn't dismissed them. 
if they're truly reconciled, then you get the case dismissed and you put this thing to bed, uh, close the file. Uh, but that never came. On a couple of occasions when I mentioned to Leanne, her response was basically, don't worry about it, everything's going great. But everything in the Fletchers' marriage is far from great. By June 1999, Michael and Margaret are seeing one another again. After months apart, the beautiful judge takes her lover back with open arms. So now you have both women who have agreed to take Michael back. And, and even though people find this difficult to believe, what the judge says is that she herself has been through a divorce and that she understands that it's difficult for, for Michael or for anyone to go through a divorce. And so she finds a way to kind of rationalize his behavior and agrees to have him back in her life. Michael and Margaret's passionate affair is as intense as ever. Michael is trying to have the best of both worlds. He wants to maintain his home life with Leanne, whether he loves her or not, and he wants to have a romantic relationship with Margaret. He's not ready to make a single choice at this point. The judge is happy to resume the affair with Michael, but under one strict condition. The judge has a condition for Michael that, okay, if you're going to be back with your wife, and you're going to be with me, you cannot be sleeping with both of us at the same time. And so she tells him, you can be back together with her, you can be there for the sake of your child, but you can't sleep with her. And he agrees. For Michael, it sounds like the perfect offer. Michael agrees to this because he realizes that if he agrees to Margaret's terms, he'll get what he wants. He'll get to stay with Leanne if he wants to, and no one needs to know what goes on in the bedroom, and he can maintain his relationship with Margaret, which is where his heart is really invested. Michael Fletcher thinks he can lie his way into bed with two women, but he's about to get a rude awakening. A few months later, on August 12, 1999, Michael learns something that will cause a dramatic blow-up with his lover, the judge. Leanne has some exciting news for her husband. In August of 99, Leanne has some news for Michael. She's pregnant. And now Michael is in the crosshairs, caught between his promises to two women. I believe the reason Michael was worried about the pregnancy is Margaret would find out that obviously he's having sex with Leanne and their relationship would be over. At this point, Michael has no choice. He can't go on living this double life and he has to face the music. He has to decide who does he want to be with. Is he going to be with Leanne or is he going to choose Margaret? Michael Fletcher needs to make a decision. Does Michael reveal the pregnancy to his lover and risk losing her? Or can he find a way of keeping his wife's pregnancy a secret for good? It's the middle of August, 1999. Detroit attorney Michael Fletcher is in a high-stakes romantic triangle. His wife is pregnant, and should word get out, he risks losing his on-again, off-again love affair with a beautiful judge named Margaret. He needs to find a solution, and fast. On the 15th of August, Michael and Leanne go out for dinner with her parents. They're celebrating what should be wonderful news. 
they tell her parents that she's pregnant. And according to the family members, you know, Michael seems very happy. They both seem very happy that they're going to have a second child. So here we have Michael, who is really good at talking the talk and presenting an image that he's happy to be a dad and he's very excited about this new pregnancy. Towards the end of dinner, Michael makes a very unusual request. Michael asks the parents if they can babysit their daughter. That was very strange because it was the first time uh, he had ever asked his father-in-law to babysit the daughter. What's even more puzzling is the reason Michael wants a babysitter in the first place. Earlier that day, he'd suggested to his wife that tomorrow they take a trip to the gun range. Leanne seems excited about Michael's idea, but her parents aren't. When they asked what they were doing, and Leanne told them that they were going to the gun range, that bothered Mr. and Mrs. Meisner the most. The Meisners are concerned. Their daughter is the last person who'd want to shoot a gun. She told us, quite frankly, that she was terrified of guns and that she would never have one in her house. However, against Leanne's wishes, there is actually a gun in the Fletcher's home. Back in November, Michael bought a 45 caliber Smith & Wesson handgun. There was a time in which uh, Mick alleged to Leanne that um, he was handling cases regarding drug dealers. And to that degree, uh, with the uh, birth of their child, he felt that dealing with these kind of individuals justified uh, having a weapon, a gun in the home. When he did purchase one, it scared the hell right out of her. I mean, I literally saw her shaking. That's how fearful she was of guns. Leanne's parents agree to babysit the next day. After the dinner ends, Michael takes his wife and daughter home. But he isn't ready to call it a night. He drops Leanne off at the house um, with their daughter and says, you know, I've got to run to the office and, and get some work done. Michael has some important work to do, but not at the office. Michael's business is at the home of the beautiful judge, Margaret. The pair reunite and make the most of their time together. He goes to the judge's house and the two of them get together, they have sex and he tells the judge he loves her. Margaret pushes Michael again about his promise to her. She asked for reassurance that he's not having sex with his wife, Leanne, anymore. And Michael assures her that if she were a fly on a wall, she would see nothing. Michael has no compunction about lying if it means him getting what he wants, and he doesn't care who he betrays. He has no guilt whatsoever. The next day is August 16th the day of Michael and Leanne's date at the gun range. Before they go, they stop at Leanne's parents to drop off the baby. Her mother makes one last plea for her daughter not to go. It's unusual that Leanne is gonna go to a shooting range. Her friends and family say that she does not like guns. And so her mother says to her, basically, why, why are you doing this? Before she leaves for the range, Leanne has some haunting last words for her mother. 
son sort of, you know, takes it as a as a joke and says, "Oh, mom, he's he's not going to shoot me." Michael and Leanne's trip to the gun range is not a success, and by lunchtime they're back home. She tried it a couple times, didn't like it, said, "I don't like this at all," and she didn't shoot anymore. They only have 30 minutes till they pick up their daughter, so Michael suggests they go to the bedroom and have sex. But then something horrible and shocking happens, and it will change their lives forever. Michael and Leanne Fletcher's marriage is on the rocks. Michael has been cheating on his pregnant wife with a beautiful district court judge. If his affair is exposed, Michael could lose everything. But suddenly, there's a tragic accident. Emergency services are on the scene within minutes of Michael's panicked 911 call. First responders got to the scene. They saw Leanne in the master bedroom. Leanne's body is lying face down on the floor, her head turned as if searching for something under the bed. A 45 caliber Smith and Wesson lies near her right hand. And a pool of dark red blood grows slowly around Leanne's body. They checked for a pulse, found none. They uh, put the heart machine on her and found electrical activity, but uh, it told them she was definitely deceased, but she had not been deceased that long. Leanne is pronounced dead at the scene at age 29. Police turn their attention to Leanne's grieving widower, asking him to piece together what happened. Was this a tragic accident, a suicide, or something darker? Michael claims he'd started reloading bullets into the clip of his gun. Trying to reload the, the clips after they had gone to the range. He was having trouble. He asked his wife if she could do it. He handed her the ammunition and the clip and he said he went to the bathroom. Michael says he goes into the bathroom and he's washing up and that he hears a gunshot from in the bedroom and that when he walks out, Leanne is dead and she shot herself with this gun. He stated that he picked up her left hand and when he felt her left hand, he knew. And that's when he called 911. Cops are still unclear on how or why Leanne died and bring Michael down to the station for further questioning. Something doesn't feel right. When he came into the interview, he was totally clean. No blood. I'm not trying to make light of this, but that crime scene was not neat. She, she suffered a head wound. 
So there was a lot of blood at that crime scene. He had none on him. He only touched her left hand per what he told me. He never rolled her over, never hugged her, never tried to pick her up, never felt for a pulse. In my day-to-day -day life experience, my wife, or I would think anybody's wife, if she's hurt, you're gonna grab her and say, honey, what's wrong? He never talked to her. But with no solid evidence linking Michael to Leanne's death and no obvious motive, he is released later that night. The next day, police carry out a thorough search of the Fletcher home. Nothing seems out of the ordinary until they get to Michael's office. He had an office in Warren, but he also had an office in his house. That office was a mess. It gave me the impression that Leanne didn't go up there. It seemed like a man cave almost. Police need a clue, something that would give Michael a motive to murder Leanne. And in a brown folder on the desk, they find it. I found a brown manila envelope. I opened that up and that's when I found uh, the correspondence between Margaret and Michael. Most of them were cards that she had sent him, showing that they were definitely in a, a relationship. It's proof of another woman in Michael's life, and not just any woman, a beautiful and powerful district court judge from Warren. I was stunned. I had no idea. I knew he was an attorney, and I knew he did some practice in Warren, but I had no idea how tied in with Warren he was. All attention shifts to Michael Fletcher. However, in order to arrest him, police need something solid to hang a conviction on. The results of the autopsy provide just that. When a person suffers a gunshot wound, if it's in close proximity to the skin, a medical examiner can tell about how far the gun was from the person that got shot. And I believe in this investigation, it was between 12 and 18 inches. This cast doubt over Michael's version of what happened in the bedroom. Through our investigation, that definitely showed that somebody else was in the room. She could not point the gun at the angle it needed to for where the bullet went. Her arm was not long enough to pull the trigger. So that told us that it was definitely homicide. That was the most important piece of the puzzle. That's when the uh, Oakland County prosecutor decided to issue an arrest warrant. Three days after Leanne's murder, on August 19, 1999, Michael Fletcher is arrested for the murder of his wife and unborn child. Police also speak to Margaret, and when questioned, Margaret admits to the affair, but she has an airtight alibi, and charges are never brought against her. We never really looked at her as a suspect, but we did have to clear her through our investigation. Since it was basically a love triangle, we had to make sure that she was not aware of the homicide or had anything to do with it. She was out of town that day of the homicide, and through our investigation, we found out that uh, she had nothing to do with it. She, she was not a suspect at all. Almost a year later, on June 12, 2000, 
the case against Michael goes to trial at Oakland County Court. Michael, during this entire time, maintains his innocence. He insists he did not kill his wife and that this was just a terrible, terrible accident. The prosecution starts by dismissing any lingering speculation that Leanne might have committed suicide. Leanne was very happy about being pregnant. There were no indications, according to her friends or family, that she was in any way distraught or upset. She had every reason to live. When Michael was arrested, police were surprised that he had no blood on him. But on closer examination, they found tiny blood particles on his shirt. The prosecution points to these particles as evidence he was in the room when Leanne was shot. On Michael's right sleeve, police found high-velocity blood spatter. The only way Michael could have gotten that blood spatter is that it showed that he was in the room. The prosecution wants the jury to believe that Michael planned the murder in meticulous detail. Even the trip to the gun range was designed to ensure Leanne had gunpowder residue on her fingers. But to what degree Michael plotted his wife's murder proves to be the sticking point. The jury struggled with whether it was a planned event or whether it was something spontaneous based upon maybe the divorce pending, you know, the interaction of two people in a room. So to that degree, uh, whether it be first degree murder, second degree murder, in my mind, it was still murder and uh, it wasn't an accident. In the end, the jury believes that after he had sex with Leanne, Michael took his gun and shot his pregnant wife in the head. I believe Michael was a monster. Anybody that would, you know, have sex, kill your wife, I, I, I can't even fathom how anyone could do something that, to that degree. They conclude Michael was driven by his passionate extramarital affairs, as well as his desire for social status. Once a man has achieved a certain level of success, their first wife is no longer the trophy wife, and they start to seek out somebody who they feel is more of a reflection of who they can truly be with. Leanne was the obstacle. Her pregnancy was running the risk of Michael not having what he wanted to have. Now you have your child without a mother. Who's raising your child, Michael? Who? Not you, not Leanne. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.